Warning. This show may be unsuitable for young fillies, colts, and foals due to strong language prevalent in literally every episode, and some mild sexual innuendo. We will also touch on themes of racial relations, political climate, and other sensitive subjects, but we will let you know when those things come up. Every pony, welcome to Equestria Gaze, a My Little Pony rewatch podcast. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Equestria Gaze. I'm Anya, my pronouns are they, them, and you can find me on Twitter at aka Anya. I'm joined by my partner in life, love, and true crime documentaries, August. Hi, I'm August. I use they, them pronouns. I consistently wave at the microphone for no reason, and you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora. Each week, We'll saddle in to rewatch an episode of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, to break apart what exactly the show is trying to say. The good, the bad, and the downright problematic. We figured it's 2020 and everything is happening so much, so why not watch some cartoons? I personally had not seen My Little Pony until this year, so it was all kind of a lot. Uh, I was, however, a horse girl growing up, so it's kind of weird I didn't watch this show, basically. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. You should be. Oh. Um, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> um, and I got into Friendship is Magic when it first came out. I witnessed the genesis of the Brony fandom, and I eventually fell off the card around season four, which is to say that this ain't my first rodeo. Today, we'll be discussing season one, episode five, Griffin the Brush Off. This episode features Pinkie Pie as the annoying friend who no one wants to hang out with and who Rainbow Dash actively runs away from. That is, until she realizes that Pinkie Pie is a joke master. They romp around town, playing jokes on the other ponies and generally having a great time. The next day, as Pinkie goes to meet Rainbow Dash for another day of prank-filled fun, Rainbow Dash introduces her school friend, Gilda the Griffin, who is a rude bully that's too cool for school and wants Rainbow Dash all to herself because she's coded as a butch lesbian. Wait, what? <gasps> um, Twilight tries to convince Pinky that she's just being jealous, but Gilda continues to torment everyone in town, even Fluttershy. Pinky, trying to improve Gilda's attitude, throws a party where Gilda becomes the butt of every joke. This causes Gilda to lose her temper, insult the ponies, and lose her friendship with Rainbow Dash. So, Anya. Hey. hey. What do you think the message to Phillies, Colts, and Foles is for this episode? Um, I think that 
It is to give your friends the benefit of the doubt and trust them when they confide in you, as we will talk about later with Twilight's reaction to Pinky coming to her. And also, never try to reconnect with your friends from grade school. Y'all were different people back then. (laughs) And uh, my take for these messages is that you should listen to your friends when they're trying to tell you something. And you should also examine why you feel a certain way about someone before making judgments. I dig it. And uh, now for the thing that makes up the meat of the show, the bridled meaning, which is all the things left unsaid and that are implied through the show. Man, when you host, we actually like name drop our puns. Yeah. When I host, we uh, stumble from concept to concept. I worked hard on those puns. That's fair. We we thought about what to name this section for a while. So, yeah. Appreciate the pun. Yeah, so to start off, are these ponies even friends? Like, with the very beginning, like the cold open with Twilight and Pinkie Pie and Rainbow Dash, like Twilight's just completely ignoring Pinkie Pie while she's talking. Pinkie Pie doesn't notice because she's so self-absorbed. And then Rainbow Dash spends the entire cold open fucking running away from Pinkie Pie because she thinks Pinkie Pie is so annoying. Yeah, I mean, they're all, I mean, okay, in terms of this show, they're all pretty new into their friendships. Um, so I guess it makes sense to see this kind of strife early on. But also, as we discussed in the last episode, time is fake. So they could have already been spending like a year together and I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. At least these three don't have a lot in common. Yeah. Which is true. <laughs> Which I guess happens when you base your entire society around everyone's one specific personality trait that determines who they are. And when you base everybody's connection to each other on world saving and jewelry. (laughs) Destiny. (laughs) Woo! Already hitting it big with the existential dread. Uh, So, to continue with the trend that Pinky is basically uh, breaking the fourth wall, I want to compare her to the killer in literally every movie that has a killer in it. I guess there's not a killer in every movie, but <laughs> uh, look closely. You'll find there is. And she's basically that that murderer that like slowly walks behind the victim who's like running away at full speed and still just like is there in the final scene. Don't even waste your energy, Rainbow Dash. Pinky's a serial killer, confirmed. She's a pursuit predator. Oh, that's a better way to... <laughs> Either that or she's the embodiment of time, because it doesn't matter how fast you go, time will always catch up with you. Always, Rainbow Dash. <laughs> Speaking of defying reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, independently of Anya, I wrote uh, Pinky continues to defy reality because, you know, she's doing the Pepe Le Pew like boinging after Rainbow Dash, who is just going full tilt, and Pinkie Pie still shows up wherever Rainbow Dash runs to. So, yeah, it's like a cute little gag, uh, but also implies a lot about Pinkie's powers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The next thing that I wrote down, uh, since there's no good transition, 
is uh, Spike as a letter transfer system continues to be, uh, how do you say, bad. Yeah. Especially since, like, when they prank him, he's, like, on the job, it would appear. It's like he's delivering mail, but, like, that wasn't ready to be sent yet. So I guess he's more, like, delivering a Postmates order to Twilight. Hmm. I don't think that the things that Spike sent were even letters. It seemed like those were things that he was going to try to deliver to Twilight. Uh, maybe because she asked him to get them for her or something like that. But they're all in Celestia's office now. Is Spike the only dragon? Because it's like... Does everyone who is a magic student have their own personal dragon assistant? And, like, are they all sending letters to Celestia? And can all dragons do this? How do you work, Spike? Oh, we'll, we'll get there. Mm. 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 In the worst episode of the series. That we've watched so far. Oh, that's right. We don't know what else happens. Yeah, because we're we're up to the point where I stopped watching. So from here on out, it's it's all new to me too. So okay. So of the stuff that we have seen, so up to like mid season four, the worst episode of the series. Yeah. Yep. But we won't talk about that right now. That's... We'll talk about it later for an hour, probably. Ooh, at least. Um, so there's no really good transition to the next point, which is something that I wrote in all caps. How did you not know Pinky was a jokester? Are these ponies even friends? With a lot of question marks. Yeah, there's like five of them. Yeah, something like that. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, okay, Twilight not knowing that Pinkie Pie is a jokester is not necessarily surprising because Twilight hasn't lived in Ponyville for her entire life the way that it is implied that Rainbow Dash has at least lived in the the neighboring city of Cloudsdale, which honestly, the way that Cloudsdale is positioned makes me think that Cloudsdale is literally just right on top of Ponyville. That's what I thought too. Yeah, it's above it. Yeah, so like... Rainbow Dash has been in this neighborhood her entire life. Presumably Pinkie Pie is the same. And, like, they're familiar enough with each other for Rainbow Dash to be like, ugh, she's so annoying. And it's like, Pinkie Pie is regularly throwing parties and shit. Like, every pony seems to know Pinkie Pie. So, how did you not know this basic fact about her? Yeah, and, like, at the party later, they make comments that are like, oh, someone got me with that one before. So it's not the first time people have been playing practical jokes throughout the town, and presumably that person being Pinky. Mm-hmm. So. I say people. They're horses. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so Pinkie Pie goes the next day to find Rainbow Dash at her home and I think this is the first and perhaps only time we see Rainbow Dash's house. Yeah. We don't see it often. Yeah, at the very least, it's the fir the only time we've seen it in the stuff that we've been watching and what the 
fuck kind of Cloud McMansion is this shit? Like, it looks like a rejected Disney's Hercules set design. Yeah, and yet most of the time we just see her, like, napping in trees or on clouds that are not her home. Yeah, she just lives like a hobo, but she has something that would probably fetch, like, three quarters of a million dollars in, like, the metro Atlanta real estate market. (laughs) Wow. What? Wow. Am I wrong? I guess not. (laughs) Anyway. I don't, I honestly, after this episode, forgot she had a house and just assumed she lived on clouds because that's how often you see this house. Yeah, she's portrayed as constantly living like a hobo. Um, I had a specific note because we we watch this show and all of the media we consume, except like YouTube because it's too tedious, um, with subtitles. And so I would highly recommend watching this show with subtitles. And this is not the only time it's hilarious, but like in this episode specifically, you get such gems as honks sadly. It's very good. And I mean, it's not even just to this show. Sometimes shows go really hard on the closed captioning. And so you see a lot of cues about like the sound effects and it it gets pretty good. Like, I love it. Normalize using subtitles and closed captioning, even if you're not hard of hearing. Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't know. I feel like there are people either love them or hate them. Yeah. I find them really useful because it means I don't have to have the volume up super loud in order to understand what's going on. But That's true. I was also a weeaboo growing up, and so I always thought that, you know, you had to use subtitles. Dubs were for chumps and mm. blah, 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 blah. So, Oh, my God. You were that person. Oh, I was. Tease oh, them. I was. Yes. <laughs> I, oh... I was insufferable, babe. I'm so glad you didn't know me when I was in high school. Oh, buddy. (laughs) I would still like you. You remember how I met you? Oh, God. Please don't say it on the podcast. I saw you eat that donut, and I was like, damn, I gotta date that. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah, cut it out. Uh, if you want to know what we just said, subscribe to our Patreon. I don't It's not going to be on there. <laughs> Cut that, too. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to get sued by Trim Trim. It's fine. No, I think I think no, Simply No Logical's got that before me anyways. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so based on, like, our last episode, lots of different species appear to be sentient and have personhood and so i want to know how griffins fit in with the other sentient species they're said to be rare but i want to know if that's just in general or if it's only in equestria is there a griffin kingdom Do griffins have their own version of cosmology? How does that fit in when, like, Celestia literally, tangibly exists? Well, August, I've got some great news for you. You're never never gonna find out. Yeah. It'll never come up again. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Also, like... Yeah, Rainbow Dash has never mentioned, like, oh, I'm friends with a griffin, by the way. Yeah. 
It's like, it's definitely, it feels to me like one of those friendships that like they were close a long time ago and like Gilda showed up one day. <laughs> it's, it's because like they were probably the two like closeted butch lesbians who didn't realize that they were butch lesbians when they were growing up, but they recognized something about each other and decided to stick close to each other because of this. Them, them gay feels. Yeah, I'm not, like, projecting or anything, no. Um, so, I mean, they're both so heavily coded as just butch lesbians. It's oh, yeah. Gilda, especially, it, like, the way that her feathers are arranged on her head really makes it look like she's got an undercut. Oh, that's true. Welcome to Equestria Gaze, where August noticed everything, and uh, I like horses. <laughs> I think you mean where August just puts their grubby gay hands on everything, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, so, again, insert Troom Troom anyways. <laughs> We're bad at... We're bad at transitions. Yep. So, I just wrote down no one in this show can take a hint, and it's just, like... Pinkie Pie can't understand or pick up on the idea that she may not be invited to something. Rainbow Dash can't pick up on anything that Gilda's putting down. Yeah. The, the gay stuff, the bully stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. A lot of these characters seem to lack social awareness. Um, I know in the fandom for a really long time, uh, when I was still in contact with the fandom, uh, a lot of people headcanon Rainbow Dash as being autistic. Okay. Specifically for reasons like this, she has a hard time picking up on a lot of social cues. She tends to get um, special interests. Like, we'll see that with her obsession with the Daring Do books later. Oh, that's true. So, like, in that respect, I guess it kind of makes sense, but I don't know if that's something that the creators were intentionally doing. I think it may be one of those things where they accidentally coded her as autistic, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And, like, there is a lot, like, I just saw a bunch of stuff about how, like, females specifically don't tend to get diagnosed because their behavior is different, so, like... It could be entirely an accident because it's like no one's ever told them that these kind of behaviors in a female are autistic. Yep. Which is a sad reality of medical existence. Yeah. And like there's a lot of overlap in women between the symptoms of autism, ADHD, and bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. So... That's also just fun. But the primary headcanon that I was aware of when I was in the fandom was that Rainbow Dash is autistic. So Okay. I had not heard that, so that definitely helps put her into more perspective because she she is probably the hardest pony to understand, even though she has some of like the simplest drives. Mm -hmm. She is one of the hardest ones. Honestly, I feel like her and Pinky are the two most difficult to parse because Pinky is just a fucking enigma. Yeah, I don't even consider Pinky like someone who has motivations beyond I want to party and wreck chaos, like wreak havoc everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
I I just don't. That's her goal in life. She's a a god of chaos. I feel the most certain about Pinky. She's a god of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, I don't remember. Did I write the next point, or did you write the next point? Ha da 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 da. I think you did. Okay. When? Oh, when she fell from the sky, I bet is what that is. Yes. Um. Yeah, when when Gilda causes her to crash her flying contraption. How did Pinky not die? Well, we just covered it because she's a being of pure chaos and she is merely barely contained within the skin of a pony-shaped creature. So, you know, that's how she didn't die. Horses are made of rubber. (laughs) And then, like, when Pinky goes to Twilight to talk about her feelings about Gilda and how she thinks Gilda's a bad person because Gilda tried to fucking murder her by causing her flying machine to crash, I wrote, way to not believe your quote-unquote friend, Twilight. Yeah, this fucking shit, like, this this one scene is pretty much the crux of the episode. It is the final take-home message for Twilight. But, like, damn, they spent so little time on it, and yet it stuck with me so much. Like, Twilight didn't even give Pinky a single ounce of consideration for her perspective. She just immediately gaslighted her. Like, you're just jealous. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't even listen or even consider that she is telling the truth. Yeah. Which is, yeah. As as someone who loves Twilight, it's a hard scene. It's very, it seems, I don't know, I guess it seems in character for her so early into, like, having friends, but it seems out of character for her as the Twilight uh, who evolves Yeah, during this show. So the next thing that I wrote down was a question to myself, are birds affected by capsaicin? Did you research this one? I did. <gasps> yes. So... When (laughs) I'm going to do this anytime somebody who has their roots in legitimate physical animals does the whole drinking a whole bunch of hot sauce and then like spewing fire. Perfect. Uh, Birds are not affected by capsaicin at all. Oh. So this shouldn't have happened. Unless, well, actually, let me see, are lions affected by capsaicin? Because maybe it was her lion parentage. Uh, It does appear that lions may be susceptible to capsaicin. So we'll just say that the lion half of Gilda is the half that her tongue comes from. And that's (laughs) why she was affected by the hot sauce. Because otherwise... Uh, the hot sauce should not have had any sort of effect on her. Despite the head part of her being the bird part, sure. Yeah, that, that, that's how griffins work, right? The tongue bones connected to the rest of the body bone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure is. Great. Yeah, so that's just gonna be something I do for any animal that drinks hot sauce in this show. I'm so glad and I'm so sorry I ever doubted you. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I I felt that whole party was just uncomfortable in general. Like, they're just bullying the bully, and who wins? Yeah, I mean, the way that... I don't know. I just find it really frustrating to imagine, like, that entire party was fucking booby-trapped. Like... Yeah, and, like... I don't know. Rainbow Dash says, like, it was just a coincidence that you set them all off, referring to, like, all the traps she'd set. So, like, the first one, I believe, was a true coincidence, like, her getting the the fire drop. But then after she had that, you directed her to the punch, which you knew was booby-trapped. And then you showed her to her presence at her party, which were booby-trapped. And then you asked her to blow out the candles on her cake at her party, yeah. which were booby-trapped. You, yeah. It was no coincidence. I don't know. I'll get, I'll get into it more. It's just that whole party uh, was not a coincidence. <laughs> no, no, it absolutely wasn't. Actually, no. The other thing would be Pinkie Pie's buzzer. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was definitely a concerted thing, but Rainbow Dash didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. And... It did position Pinky as, like, potentially doing that to other people, so... Yeah, I imagine, like, the scenes we didn't see is Pinky greeting everyone with that buzzer, or people who've been tricked by it multiple times being like, no, don't touch me, you rude horse. (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch me, you rude horse. That's the name of this episode. Yep. Uh, So... I think you have the last point of this episode. Oh, you're you're putting in the title, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> so, I can do that take again. Uh, I believe you have the last point of this episode. I sure do. Uh, my last point uh, is for the very end when uh, Twilight was writing to Celestia and Celestia goes to write back so, uh, do you really want to prank God there, Twilight? How did she do that, though? I just thought, like, Celestia was also a prankster and had a bottle of disappearing ink, and she's like, oh, haha, I used the one that I used to prank other people. Oh, did she? I don't know. I That scene is never explained. I How did Twilight get in there and put the label over the bottle and plant it? Oh, Okay, I don't... Why did I think that... Wow, okay, so yeah, Celestia is just a fucking troll and pranked herself. I mean, we know Celestia is a troll from, like, all of her interactions, so I would believe that, but... Yeah. I don't know, it's always interesting to me to see how different people take away each scene. So, like, the fact that you read it as Twilight pranking Celestia when I didn't is just honestly really good to me. I I don't know, I like perspective. (laughs) No, that, that's fair. No, I just assumed that it was somehow Twilight's fault because maybe the pranking disease had spread throughout the friend group. Mm-hmm. When it, it, like, the timing of it was very convenient, like, as she was reading Twilight's letter. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe, oh my god, back to Spike as a transportation system. Can he transport things that aren't letters with his dragon breath? I don't know. Hmm. I'll have to pay attention to that in future episodes. 
I can't remember him doing it with anything that's not a letter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Tell us what you think happened in that last scene there. And with with that, we are done with our girth of the show. I hate what I just said. Why did you just say that? (laughs) Because... I did. Um, And now we're on to our main event where we each pick a moment from the show that we want to single out and call attention to. So mine is kind of, um, it's not necessarily like a lot of mine have been really positive. Like I liked this thing they did. I like that thing. But this one's more like this episode specifically kind of confused me because I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for. Like, I did enjoy the way that all the reactions in the beginning to the pranks are really cute. Like, no one gets mad about the pranks. They smile or giggle about the jokes because for the most part, they're harmless. Like, fucking with Twilight science is potentially actual dangerous. But otherwise, they're all just harmless, funny pranks. And the, the other ponies find them cute and funny. So it's implying like this healthy relationship between them all. And then, like, we go to this party later, like, where the ponies still find all of these pranks funny. But would, if they were the person having all of these pranks happening to them, like, moment after moment, would they find them that funny? Because, like, I don't know, Gilda was a bad character. Like, she, not a bad character. She was a rude bird lion. And she was definitely the bad guy. But I also feel like I would have gotten exactly that amount of angry if I was just being bullied all night. <laughs> yeah. And, like, honestly, I don't think I even would have, like, stayed at that party after, like, the second prank. It's just like, man, fuck off. This is not how you treat your friends. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not the kind of person who would want to be pranked anyways. So I would mm-hmm. probably get pretty annoyed at any of these things happening. But, like, some of the things are more harmless than other. Like, the sneezing dust with Rarity was pretty harmless. She laughed it off and no harm was done. She just sneezed a couple times. But, like, they created a fuck ton of extra work for Applejack. They could have, like, seriously hurt Twilight. And then, like, going to this party where you're expecting to have a good time and just being bullied all night. Yeah. Like, bullying the bully doesn't make you the hero. So that was my main takeaway. Like, that's the thing I just kind of couldn't get over in this episode. As, like, I don't... Like, I know I'm supposed to be rooting for for Pinkie Pie. And it's just so many problems. Well, okay. So we should still be rooting for Pinkie Pie. She didn't do anything wrong. She threw the party, but Rainbow Dash was the one who set up most of those traps. That's fair. I mean, Pinkie Pie is still clearly the protagonist here, but Rainbow Dash and Gilda are both kind of shitty. And Twilight's kind of shitty for not believing her friend. Yeah. Everyone just kind of put their flaws on display in this episode. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, there's value in showing, like, your heroes as having flaws. Yeah, that's true. I can definitely see that as a, a valuable element to the story. It just... I don't want my main characters to be bullies. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of what I got out of it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, and in contrast, I'm over here 
just being like, teehee, because uh, the shot of Celestia getting buried in scrolls because of Spike's hiccups is a really good gag. That's fair. Like, we never see her mad. She's just like, like, oh, ha ha. <laughs> so like, even yeah. Celestia finds the pranks funny, which is cute. Like, the beginning is cute. But I feel like after you prank me more than once, I'm annoyed now. <laughs> like, maybe mm-hmm. I find the first one cute and funny, but then it's just like, all right, we're done now. Quit inconveniencing me. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, you know how this ends. You've listened to four episodes now. This is the fourth one. So each week we end with a horse fact. And this is a random piece of horse trivia that we found online. And it may or may not be true. We are assuming it's true. Uh, The internet doesn't lie. Okay. And this week's horse fact is horses have the largest eyes of any mammal that lives on land. So if you have any fun horse facts you want us to include on the show, send them to us on Twitter at EquestriaGaze, and we'll give you a shout out. Until next time, stay cool, every pony, And remember, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, and wear your fucking mask. a good outtake (laughs) um i just want you to know because i saw the squiggly red line under equestria gaze uh in the script i right clicked it to go ignore all and (laughs) correct to equestria boys (laughs) oh my god yes all right Hit us up for our sequel, Equestria Boys. <laughs> yep. But with an I, it'll still and be a Z. wrong. Oh my god. I'm going to stop recording now. Me too. Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends about us or tweet about us using the Equestria Gaze hashtag. We're also a member of Standing Stones Productions, a nonprofit podcasting guild. Some of our other shows include Follow the Leader and The Room Where It Happened, two TTRPG actual play shows, and The Escafil Files, a podcast where two of our friends read and talk about the Animorph series. You can find out more about all of our projects at Stones underscore Standing on Twitter. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Anyway, your support means a lot. Thanks again for listening.